Have you heard of Anchor? It's free and it's so easy. If I can figure it out, pretty much anyone can. Create your own podcast from your phone or any device and they will distribute it across Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms on your behalf without you having to do a thing. You can also make money without any minimum listenership or any required audience. Anchor is super easy to use, and all you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Start your own podcast today. You're listening to Your Highness Podcast with Diana Crash, founder of Good Vibes Marketing. Good Vibes Marketing provides organic content and marketing solutions to the cannabis space. And this is Leah, co-founder of BakeSmart. Our can of cows are the first edible safety designs for cannabis-infused foods. Anyone from your child to your grandmother will understand when a food is medicated as long as it's marked with our edible green crosses. So Leah, do you want to tell us about your favorite new discovery? I do want to tell you about my new discovery because it's it actually goes in line with what we're going to talk about today. So my new discovery is the Stoner Mom. Um, the Stoner Mom, you can go to thestonermom.com. And she's this great woman out of uh, Colorado. And she's been doing this for quite a while. I'd say she's probably been doing her YouTube show and her website for about four years. But she's all things mom and cannabis. I think she has three kids. Her husband and um, she have a podcast now. It's Mom and Dad Get Stoned, which sounds like a really great podcast. I haven't heard it yet. In fact, I just went on her website again and I saw that. So I'm really excited to go listen to that. But she talks about like how she replaced Zoloft with CBD. And she talks about different uses for marijuana. She talks about different products. She'll review products. Um, She actually has like how to, like how to use a bong. And I think it's a really great space because she's showing women that might be coming into this with no experience whatsoever. And she's making it look really normal. And she's walking people through it, which I love. She reviews edibles. um, She reviews products, like I said. Um, She she has, I think, little goodie boxes too. She talks about luxury items. I mean, she really just covers the gambit of all things cannabis. And for women, I just feel like her site is beautiful. It's really well done. It's really welcoming. Um, the information is great. She's got tons and tons of really useful information about marijuana. And I just love her site. So that is my product for the week. You can visit her at www.thestonermom.com and check her out and be sure to look at, listen to her podcast and look at all her videos. She's amazing. And you know, I guess I should, oh my gosh, I don't even know her name. Um, I guess I should say her name. I'm so sorry, Diana. I'm like a little bit high right now. So um, <laughs> this is like really, I, I can't even click. No, she's, she's actually, her name is I don't even know it. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm not going to be able to say her name. It's the stonermom.com. Her name is Catherine. I'm so sorry. Her okay. name is Catherine. Okay. okay. Um, you're funny. So my favorite thing is I've been seeing it everywhere, and it seems to be a lot of people's favorite thing right now. Um, Do tell. It's the do- documentary called Mary Jane's, The Women of Weed. Um, Melissa Etheridge is in that. it. Uh, yeah, there's a trailer 
available on their website, maryjanesfilm.com. And you can host a screening. I know a lot of people are doing that right now. Uh, and I'm going to look into seeing how I can do that here because I, it seems like a, a very important documentary that a lot of people should see. It's won a ton of awards. Um, and I know it's executive produced by Wendy Borman. I believe that an interview with her is featured on Oove Lifestyle, which is uh, founded by one of our guests on this this episode, um, Ozzy. And so I think if you look up uh, MaryJanesFilm.com, if you look on the website, there's a lot of information here. Isn't but, our girl uh, Melissa Etheridge in that movie too? Yeah, that's what I just said. <laughs> oh, did you see <laughs> Oh my god! I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm stoned. This is not a good podcast today. I'm high. It's it's good. It's good. Yes, but yeah, there's there's a lot of people in it, and I think that it's been an eye opening experience for a lot of people who have seen it who weren't aware of of what's going on and and how important this plan is for so many people. So I would recommend looking into how you can host a screening and can you get that on Netflix or anything? right now or is it just on screenings i don't think it's on netflix yet um i think it's one of these things where you just have to host a screening or be near a screening and hopefully soon enough we'll be able to catch it on netflix if we can't get it in our area yeah the ladies at tokativity um they hosted one here but i was i had a conflict so i couldn't go so i was really bummed yeah everybody seems to be you know, all about this documentary. So I'm excited. I, I hope that I can host a screening and um, yeah, definitely check it out. So like you said earlier, we're talking about parenting in this episode. This is our second part of our series, uh, our, parent our parenting series. And today we're going to talk about ways that you can normalize the conversation and make it easier for parents who consume or who don't consume and just want to know more about the uh industry the space and uh the first thing that we have is to educate yourself and others consistently and this may seem like an obvious solution or tip but <laughs> there is so much information out there oh i my mean gosh. Still, i still discover things every day that i'm it's, like wow it's crazy know. how much information is out there and it's hard to know where to even start which is why i'm glad we promote companies like like the stoner mom for my favorite product or you know slim magazine is another really Oof. great one yep Oove lifestyle is another one and those are both founded by guests that we have today on on the podcast jen louder mommy uh, mm -hmm. yes and we've had jesse gill on here on the podcast a couple of times and jesse is a, a nurse so she has a specific uh, point of view that is really interesting and um, her her website marijuanamommy.com provides so much information especially for moms going into that and for moms who are pregnant and are having a challenge with do I use cannabis do I not um, moms who may be on medication and their doctors are prescribing a medication they'd rather just be on cannabis I think that that's a real problem right now because doctors aren't 100% behind using marijuana, especially in illegal states. Absolutely. I mean, doctors, I, I'm dealing with it right now, just even with the CBD, they're um, in states where it's still very new, where it's only medicinally legal, there is there are a lot of hoops to jump. And 
you have to prove that you're a good parent when you're just trying to make yourself uh, more aware and more present and less in pain. (laughs) I mean, really, it's like there's so many there's so many pluses to it that it's really difficult for me to even find the reasoning behind these scare Well, there are very little negatives. And even the negatives that they say, well, it's really unclear if there are any drawbacks to using marijuana. Well, if it's unclear, I would say it probably is, you know, the chances are pretty low. Because if it were clear, they would be shouting it from the mountaintops that it's bad for you during pregnancy. Or yet during breastfeeding, because you want to have your life back you know you've given birth now you're breastfeeding and I've talked to a lot of mommies who are breastfeeding and you know want to use cannabis but they feel like what if somebody finds out what if I get my child taken from me that's a really scary place to be in absolutely I mean I didn't really think much of it and then when the doctor said oh well this is a possibility it's like well but this is what makes me a better person like this this helps me get through the day and manage my symptoms, you know, because I have Crohn's and I have endometriosis. And, well, those and, are two- and what about postpartum depression? Yeah. Like, what if you have postpartum depression? CBD could be the best thing for you or even THC. It's you should be able to make those choices and, you know, do research, find out. But the limited research I've done, because obviously I'm not breastfeeding or pregnant, um, I don't see any drawbacks. No. But again, that's I've only- my personal opinion. I've been to a lot of doctors for my Crohn's and I've only had one ever say, well, whatever works for you, do that. (laughs) You know, uh, most of them, when they hear that I treat myself holistically and they find out I have Crohn's, they become very judgmental very quickly. Right. And so it's, it's difficult. It's a tough road. I mean, really there's, we have a long way to go, but the fact that the conversation's even out there and it's being had is a huge, huge, improvement, huge you know? improvement. I know because you and I have talked about this about moms who use marijuana as they're raising kids, and I'm a pro- I'm just so behind that because had I had marijuana, I would have been a much better mother. But during that time, during the '90s, you know, I ate up all the propaganda that it was so bad, and and you don't use it recreate, you know, you don't use it just for anxiety or whatever. You use it to get high, and that's it. And mm-hmm. had I had, like right now, I have my little select one-to-one. I freaking love it. I am so relaxed. I am so calm. If I had a three-year-old right now, I would be the best mother possible. But yeah. back then, I was so uptight. And so, you know, housework is more important than me reading to you or me spending time with you. You know, I've already spent an hour with you. It's I've got stuff to do. And, and that's right. horrible. I mean, I have so many regrets. But like right now, the way I feel, I could go outside and play. I could just forget, hey, housework isn't important because it just gives you that more relaxed ability to connect and Mm -hmm. be your better self. That reminds me of something that Michael J. Fox said in an interview I read recently. Uh, And he's also a proponent for for the plants because it's, but anyway, um, he said, you know, don't tell your kids in 10 minutes in 20 minutes because it will be 20 minutes or 30 minutes. And you, at that point, when you do actually connect with them, the, the excitement is gone. Whatever they right. wanted to share with you in that moment has faded. And it, it's, it's so important to try to be present as much as possible. And I know that's easier said than done because 
we all have so much crap flying at us from every but which I think direction. As cannabis, it really helps us to let go of those external stresses because a lot mm-hmm. of our stress is just crap that we're putting on ourselves. Yep. And if marijuana can help alleviate that, I mean, that's such a huge plus, such a huge positive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, we want everybody to be good parents. We want everybody to raise healthy kids. And I'm sorry, but marijuana, it helps it. Marijuana and CBD for me is like the, oh my God, it's like sent from heaven above. My one-to-one, you've heard me say it a million, jillion times. I'm going to die saying it. I love it. It's like mm-hmm. the best glass of wine you'll ever drink and mm-hmm. you don't have a hangover. Yeah. And you don't feel like you're inebriated and you don't. No, I can have this. Yeah. So, um, you know, as long as you're trying to promote responsible use and I'm not saying don't have fun with it because that's our next spot. That's our next tip. Um, promote responsible use because, all right, well, if you want to party, if you want to have fun, like whatever, that's your thing. Like that's totally up to you and, and you should totally do that. Um, but I think that the only way we can normalize the conversation for those people that are super opposed to it is that you have to show that we're responsibly using these things and that right. that is a that is a, a concern for all of us. And I mean, that is your area, Leah, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I think that we have to promote responsible use. And part of that includes marking edibles. Um mm-hmm. You know, it's really important for edibles to be marked and it's important for us as an industry to show that we care about the consumer because that's what people are looking at. It's like, we're really irresponsible. We're just a bunch of stoners. We're just partying. It's just a, a, a plant that gets you high and that's it. And we really want to remove that. So yeah, we don't need that low hanging fruits. Just no, hanging. we don't. Yeah. We don't. And that's, I think what people are trying to grab at, or they're just kind of pushing it aside, but it's really important that we show, you know, how many milligrams are on the edibles or that we're showing, you know, with childproof packaging and also another responsible thing. Let's like start using sustainable products. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got so much waste in this industry and that's also a mar. I mean, we can't be, you know, environmentalists and activists and then be like, oh, but look at all this plastic, plastic. that we can't recycle <laughs> and, you know, we're going to triple package everything. And that's, I'm going to go back to my marking edibles. If we marked the edibles, we could loosen up or lessen the packaging on it. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have to be triple wrapped or whatever. And you're not saying that everybody should use your product, obviously, because there are all. Obviously, you can market in a lot of different ways. I mean, you can even like if you're having a dinner party, use marijuana leaves on it. But we've got to mark the food and we've mm-hmm. got to, you know, if I just hear horror stories of people accidentally consuming at a party because it wasn't marked clearly. And there's really no reason for that. And then it it creates also I mean, I feel like edibles are one of the best ways you can get your your cannabis and if, if we're making people scared of eating edibles, that doesn't help us. It only hurts us. So we really yeah. have to think, you know, be forward thinking and think about solutions to problems that exist right now and are only going to get bigger as more and more states legalize. Yeah, it takes me back to the days when they'd say, I mean, they still say this, but like, oh, check your candy, your Halloween candy for razors <laughs> and such like that. And it's like, how many of those candy pieces actually had razors in them, you know? But they're still talking about that razor. Oh, my God. And now they're talking about edibles. Like, who's going to give away a freaking $30 candy bar right? to kids? <laughs> Seriously, I don't, I, I don't. 
ever see anybody doing that. It's like, um, you know what? I have a crap ton of money and uh, I don't care how these children survive. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> well, it's fear mongering, right? I mean, it's like, that's what people do. And it, and it helps people to stay away from the space because if you're scared, then, you know, you'll stay away. But that's another reason why we've got to just be responsible, be an advocate, talk about it. And that's why those websites we mentioned, the Marijuana Mommy and the Stoner Mom and all of those and Splam and Oov, because they're informative and they give you a space where you have a community and you can come together and talk about these issues and feel supported in this space. Absolutely. I can't imagine being a mom and, and using and being scared to share it with my friends. I just, I mean, I'm from California. I think, think in the nineties though, had I been using marijuana then I, I would have been ostracized. I know that yeah. even though they're a little more, you know, free with their thinking still, when it comes to mommy issues, no way. Yeah. And still on the East coast. I mean, it's like when you ask someone, do you smoke? It's like, smoke what, <laughs> right. you know, it's like, um, there, there are ways, but it's just ridiculous that you can't say, look, this is what I do. It's a plant and it's healthy and it's better for me than anything else I've ever tried. And people go, yes, that's amazing. Well, it, it, I really hope that doctors get on board. I just spoke to a lady at an event and she was breastfeeding her child and she was on some medications, you know, prescription medications. Mm -hmm. And her daughter wasn't meeting her milestones. She wasn't, you know, growing at the rate she should have been growing. And she finally just said, I can't do this to my child anymore. And she started using her cannabis and let go of all the prescription sheds. Now her daughter, you know, is, is me. She met all her milestones. When she started doing that, she started gaining weight. She started to become more healthy. She shared it with her daughter, with her doctor and her doctor said, well, you know, you take a chance that your daughter is going to be slow if you use marijuana, but if that's what you're doing, that's what you're doing. And her daughter, she said, is the smartest one in her class. She's, you know, have met all of her milestones and beyond. So you kind of can't listen to the propaganda in a lot of ways. I mean, I know I did and it was horrifying and I probably would have had a much better relationship with my son. And it, it just scares me. Or like I shared with you, Diana, when he came home, when he was in, he's going to start, he was a freshman, I think in high school. Mm -hmm. And he said, Hey mom, tomorrow I'm going to Rusty's house. I'm going to try marijuana for the first time. And my husband at the time and I were sitting on the couch and he like literally flew up and was like, what the fuck? And I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Everybody calm down, calm down. And it was like, you would have thought he said, I'm going to go blow up the high school. And we're like, Oh my God, what is this? And I said, Cody, now I don't know if that's the, the smartest choice for you. And I'm thinking, Oh my God. And I even told him this, you're going down a slippery slope and this is really bad. And he's like, look, I'm just going to try it. And I'll tell you what happens tomorrow. And it's not a big deal. And so I, you know, I had to calm down my husband and say, okay, we just have to let him make this choice. We have to be supportive. And so he came home the next day and I said, how did you like it? And he said, I didn't, I felt really stupid when I was riding my scooter home. So I don't think I'm going to try it. I'm like, Oh my God, thank God. Thank God. But me, you know, I didn't realize, and I still kind of, I think even knowing what I know now, I would feel that way. I wouldn't want him smoking in high school unless it helped with like his ADD or it helped with anxiety because a lot of kids in high school have anxiety with all the pressures they have in mm -hmm. high school. And so I don't know that I would have necessarily counseled him not to, I would have counseled him, look, if you find yourself doing it to escape and not mm -hmm. do your homework or not go out with friends, then it's a problem. Right. But if you're doing it because you feel like you have anxiety, then that's great. So he didn't end up smoking until after high school, which by that time it was fine with me, but right. 
you know, I think that he and I could have had a much different relationship experience had I had I known more had I known what I know now and right. had I had groups like you know marijuana mommy or you know splim or there's also um moms for marijuana you know you can go on their yeah. Facebook there's a lot of groups out there that now you have a voice and you have a space and you can get support and there are a lot of profiles of women that have done this and 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 you know, their children are successful in life. They've been healthy weights and health. There's a New York Times piece from um, February of 2017 that profiles um, quite a few mothers. And one of them, she's 50 and she lives in Texas. And both of her children are college graduates. They're above average intelligence. They were always healthy growing up. And she didn't drink alcohol or smoke cigarettes during her pregnancy but they never she told her doctors and she was very honest and they were not discouraging a bit and um i mean obviously there's some level of privilege to this because not everyone has this ability to do that and that's unfortunate but if we start paying more attention to the stories that are positive that come out with Right. great results and also to have candid conversations as much as we can like you were saying with Cody I mean your son that's that's amazing that he even told you because a right. lot of people wouldn't even tell their parents so that right there is a big deal and that comes that brings us to our third one which is have candid conversations and uh, Jen Louder who's one of our guests we talked about Splim Magazine she said that growing up her family was always very candid her parents are um proponents not proponents yeah proponents <laughs> um, <laughs> of the plant you know and they're educators and they were always very honest and had very open conversations and she said it wasn't always comfortable you know because it's not it's not easy to be very no, honest not easy. unfortunately it's it's more it's easier for a lot of us to just leave out the information to not even talk about it at all but we have to do it because otherwise there's going to be more instances where children try illicit, really dangerous, harmful drugs, not not plants that are natural, but really dangerous things because right. they aren't being told the truth. You know, I mean, that's exactly. And also, it's and it's it's not even just that. It's like if you tell them, don't do this, don't do this, they're going to want to do it. They're going to do it. Exactly. They're going to do it. But if you're a little more open minded about it, I mean, it's a scary time to raise kids. Let's be honest with the right. opioid addiction, with Adderall being given to kids like candy. I mean, there's just so many things that kids are being given. There are so much worse than marijuana. And if you can have an honest, open conversation with your child, I think it really helps. Like it helped me with Cody. Cody tried marijuana. He was a freshman in high school. He didn't drink or do anything his entire, you know, four years of high school. He didn't do anything until he got out. And I was really lucky. He was a great kid, but we had that open, you know, conversation ability, even though I was uptight and crazy. And let's just be honest, had I been smoking, our relationship probably would have been so much better than it is. Um, not that it's bad, but you know, yeah. I just, I have so many regrets though. And, and for me, it's like, that's bad when you have so many regrets, you can't re you can't do have a do over with that, with being a parent. Yeah. So but now marijuana. you could be the cool grandmother <laughs> though, you know, yeah. if, oh, if no, you ever has a child. Not going to happen. Um, I want it to happen. It will. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, like Jesse Gill spoke about in our first part of the series, you know, she 
if you take away the element of it being illicit, it's not cool anymore. You know, it's, it's, if you say to kids, like, don't touch this, don't do that, then it seems like, oh, all right, well, I'm going to try that now. <laughs> you know, that's right. like, you're cool telling me no, so it must try. be good. Yeah. But if you're just like, this is not that big of a deal, it's a plant, it helps you, it's medicine. And then it's like, okay, what, what now? You know, I mean, I, I can speak, that's how I would be if I was in high school still, I'd say, all right, fine. I mean, this is getting too mainstream for me to think it's cool. <laughs> right. It's true though. Well, because, okay. So for instance, I grew up in the seventies and um, I had an aunt who smoked marijuana like crazy, but it was, the family was very open about it. Yeah. Aunt Sharon smokes pot. She rolls joints all day long and mm -hmm. smokes. And, and so growing up, you're like, yeah, I think I got high once. I was like maybe 12. I took a hit. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, it's not that big of a deal. I really don't want to do it. If Aunt Sharon's doing it, I certainly don't want to do anything crazy Aunt Sharon's doing. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of go, whatever. And then I got into high school. And again, it wasn't like that big of a deal because when you're around it or the discussion is so open, you're just like, eh. I mean, alcohol was a bigger thing for me than yeah. marijuana because- you know, I was around it. I did. It really didn't appeal to me. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, so talking ended conversations, talk about your crazy aunts and uncles. Absolutely. And, um, those, those are our tips, but, uh, before we end this, we can't, we can't talk about parenting in this space and ignore the, um, millions of parents that are unfairly incarcerated because of this. And so, so crazy. um, I would like to, draw some attention to uh can do which is a an organization um i'm just going to read really quickly off of their website here it's a nonprofit foundation that advocates for clemency for all nonviolent drug offenders behind every face on the can do website is a human with a story and their mission is to educate the public about the conspiracy law communicate directly with prisoners educate the public about numerous issues related to mass incarceration, identify individuals seeking justice through clemency and advocate for them. And when possible, provide clothing and assistance to individuals who are transitioning from prison to society, which is super important. I mean, all of this is super important. So any way that right. you can try to um, support them, the website is candoclemency.com. It's uh, C-A-N-D-O c-l-e-m-e-n-c-y.com and, and we'll have the link in the uh, Podbean recap but um this is really important what a great I organization think. though this is it's so important because we have to support each other in this space we i mean can you think about the people that have gone to prison for just a joint yeah it's, and losing it's their crazy. Whole entire family I mean, yeah, or, or the kids, the kids have to have a parent that's incarcerated. I mean, that's such a huge stigma. And over what a joint? It's crazy. And it's sometimes so, it's, it's not so even harmful. That, you know? Sometimes it's just <laughs> something as simple as being at the wrong place at the wrong time. I mean, I've, I've had family members affected that way, you know? Um, so my brother, even, you know, he was incarcerated because of something stupid that it, it wasn't even anything it was a wrong place at the wrong time situation and um i mean that's not my story to tell really but it, it affects everybody it it, it no, affects higher families and generations and you know with so many of these states becoming recreationally legal it's it it's quick for us to look to become used to that you know to to, to get 
accustomed to a level of privilege and and forget about what's really wrong with <laughs> the space still, you know, and, and that is a big element that we cannot forget. And we have to continuously pay attention to that um, and, and do what we can to support these people. And um, try and change laws, you know, work yeah, with your government yeah. to change laws. Right. That's, that's the, the most only way important. we're going to normalize it. Absolutely. And luckily some of these lawmakers are coming around finally, but uh, we still have a lot of work. Yeah, Mr. Bonner, that was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> totally against it when he was in office, and now he's like, you know what, I support it. But, you know, Orrin Hatch was the same thing. They they have situations, family members that get sick, and they realize that cannabis is one of the best things you can give someone who's fighting cancer or someone who has um, pain or, you know, just a litany of, of ailments that you can help with cannabis. And I think that's so great. It's, and those are the people we want to support people who are speaking out and we're lucky in Oregon. We have great, great senators, um, that speak on our behalf and are pro marijuana, which is fantastic. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, do what you can and just try to educate yourself as much as possible. I mean, that's really the biggest tool I think, um, in fighting this, if, if nothing else, you know, if you can't, if you don't have access to anything else, just try to educate yourself as much as possible about every aspect of this plant. Um, so on that note, <laughs> I think we're done ranting for this episode. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, thanks for listening. And until next time, stay high and beautiful. And by that, we mean take the high road when you can and stay beautiful in spirit. That's right, ladies. Thank you so much, Diana. Always fun to connect with you on this podcast. Always fun to connect with you as well. All right. Bye bye. This episode is brought to you by Baked at Home a line of healthy baking mixes and products designed specifically for those who want to embrace the natural healing properties found in whole plants by adding hemp products for the kitchen, body, and soul. Enter to win a hemp-infused coconut oil or a hemp-infused green tea healing salve by sharing this episode with the hashtag Your Highness Podcast. And you can check out the rest of Baked at Home's amazing products at jennysbakedathome.com. That's Jenny. J-E-N-N-Y-S bakedathome.com Our first guest is Jen Lauder. Jen Lauder is a media maker, content creator, community builder, and marketing strategist in the cannabis space. As the co-founder of Splim Magazine, she has over a decade of experience as a progressive anti-bias educator in independent and public schools and has spent five years at nonprofits offering services and advocacy for children and families. So Jen, how did your upbringing influence your approach to parenting? Well, I think I'm probably pretty lucky in that I can say I had a relatively good relationship with my parents for as long as I can remember. And I think that that is in large part due to their parenting style and their philosophy that um, trust and honesty were the most important things. And so um, I guess I, I would say that, you know, with, with a few exceptions, they avoided making kind of arbitrary rules. And it was really more about equipping me and my brother with um, the tools that we would need to be successful as grownups. So I think that meant that we had a lot of conversation around things like, um, you know, 
drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. and sex and things like that. And they were pretty candid. And mm-hmm. I, I felt like, you know, the thing I remember most about my childhood and, you know, certainly into my adolescence was that I could go to my parents with any problem I was having um, and be pretty honest with them and, and expect them to support me and offer me advice um, rather than judging me and telling me what I would had done was wrong. Um, and I think that actually, you know, made a huge difference in terms of the way I was able to then kind of, you know, problem solve and, and as a parent, you know, impart the same kinds of things onto my child. So, for example, um, you know, in my extended family, there was a lot of alcoholism and also, um, you know, hard drug abuse. And mm-hmm. so my parents were really pretty open with, you know, what the consequences of those choices, you know, what that would be, what that would look like. You know, we had examples there. and. You know, and you know, given our you know the direction our conversation will take, they were really open about cannabis and mm-hmm. its relatively um, safe profile and its relatively kind of benign in comparison to these other substances um, usage. So, I think that that influenced me to become a parent who is also very open with my child and hopes that my child will be open with me. And um, and really, it's it's more about establishing an environment of trust where we can have these kind of conversations um, more so than it is about, you know, um, wielding power over someone or, you know, bending someone to my will. Um, You know, I I also am blessed with a very willful child. So even if I had wanted to go in that direction, I don't think she would have let it work out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) that's a good thing though, right? Um, (laughs) I'm sure it's frustrating sometimes, but it's a good thing overall. (laughs) It is. <laughs> uh, so what types of attitudes or misconceptions did you encounter as a can of friendly parent or have well, you encountered? Well, I think that, um, yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I think that I, I will say that more so when I lived on the East Coast, but still, I think even, you know, I'm, I'm here in Oregon and still in a regulated state where you, you would think of cannabis as being much more everyday and, um, you know, just kind of a, a regular part of culture here. You know, I, I still think that the overlay of being a parent makes it a more complex issue. And mm-hmm. so um, whereas people might not you know, be opposed to cannabis, its regulation or its legalization or its consumption, they might be opposed to a parent doing that. So um, while I think personally the response I've gotten by and large has actually been positive, you know, I've, I've actually had many more people um, either thank me or, you know, ask questions or look to me for advice than I have people who have, you know, shamed me or judged me or shut me down. Um, I, I do think that these, these misconceptions persist. And I think, you know, they're rooted in these age old caricatures, these, you know, these really um, outdated stereotypes of lazy stoners of, you know, um, people equating cannabis consumption with, uh, with other drug use, and therefore you're not a uh, productive member of society. I think that's exacerbated for us parents because um, not only do we, ha- you know, are all of us expected to be productive members of society, but we, you know, we're models for our children. And so there's a, there's even another degree of, you know, um, responsibility or, um, you know, um, accountability that mm-hmm. we have. And I think when, when people are misinformed about cannabis and they do think it's some, something that's, um, you know, an intoxicant or an escape, I think that it's, it's easy for them to judge parents because they think, you know, how could you be doing all these things that are, you know, um, not only bad, but also you're showing your child 
that, you know, that, that this is an option, you know, and I think, of course, you know, we want to disrupt those ideas because, um, you know, they're, as I said, they're rooted in really, really outdated and, you know, disproven um, kind of, kind of models, models, but they're also, um, you know, but they're also, I think, harmful (laughs) as we go forward um, with a society that is embracing this in in a different way. And certainly, you know, we don't want our children to, you know, to feel shamed for, you know, the choices that we're making when we know that not only are we on the right side of history, but we're doing something that, you know, that benefits our health and wellness and that can benefit our families and communities as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and in what ways does SPLIM advocate for educating children about cannabis? Well, you know, actually, you know, I think it's that's a great question because I really think that we have um, – we have a generation that's growing up for which cannabis will be entirely normalized, Mm -hmm. you know, will be, um, you know, they they won't have the kind of the stigma of illegality and prohibition. Um, And, you know, and and at the same time, of course, its history is grounded in those facts and and we are still seeing, you know, their ramifications in many places in our society. Um, So I think that really, educating children about cannabis is so that they can continue to push this bar forward to move this ball down the field, so to speak, because, you know, when we are talking about cannabis and children, not only are we talking about educating them about this plant and what its potential is, you know, scientifically, medically, you know, the implications for embracing our own health and wellness and and really returning that to, you know, to, to our autonomy and our homes. Um, but we have the opportunity to talk about larger societal issues that the war on drugs has has both generated and um, propounded. You know, I mean, I think we can talk about social justice and we can talk about um, the legal process. We can talk about, you know, when else have we seen laws change so quickly in our country? You know, right. I, mean, I, I know it, it feels frustratingly slow, but, you know, in, in reality, you know, there's tons of momentum behind this. And so it's a great example to, to show children, you know, look at the power of citizen activism and, mm-hmm. and look at what we're able to do when we have, you know, when we have a clear goal in mind, when we know that the laws are not right, when, not, when they don't reflect the will of the people and when they, in fact, you know, um, keep us from our freedom, you know, yeah. and, I, and I think that's amazing. You know, I think when we can empower a generation of change makers who, who, have been educated to understand that, you know, cannabis is not this, you know, dangerous substance, um, you know, they can really see, they can really open doors in terms of social justice and equality and, you know, and really breaking down these walls that we've put up around the war on drugs and the way it's um, both, you know, just decimated communities and families and, you know, and, and the way it's perpetuated this institutional racism, mm-hmm. you know, for generations in our country. So, you know, when I, when I'm talking about educating kids around cannabis, it's not just around consumption and, and, and use. It's actually about the doors that can be open when we embrace regulation mm-hmm. over prohibition. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. You're amazing. <laughs> Um, in, in what ways has this plant? It is true. Um, in what ways has, would you say that this plant has uh, improved your ability to parent? Well, you know, I, this is actually a conversation that moms are having. I feel like all over the place, mm-hmm. and it's it's something. It's a question that I get a lot because a, I feel like a lot of people will say, you know, it's improved my parenting. I'm a better parent. You know, is that wrong? And I think, you know. 
in fact, there are actually many reasons, you know, why you, it might improve your parenting or why, you, you know, you might feel like a better parent when you're using cannabis. Um, you know, one is that it is, I think, it is not an escape from your everyday life, right? So, right. you know, if, if you're using cannabis, you, you know that it's not, um, you know, you're not shirking responsibilities or forgetting to pick your kid up at school or like going off into this la-la land where you're no longer a parent and you don't have responsibilities. It actually you know, for most, for myself and for most of the moms and dads that I talk with, it enhances our ability to do those things because, you know, A, um, from, for many people who use it medically, it's taking away, you know, a degree of pain that they live with on a regular basis that actually is, uh, you know, an obstacle or a barrier to, you know, to interacting with kids, you know, whether it's, the you know the 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 mental component of pain that you just can't get behind or if it or beyond sorry or if it's like you know you can't bend down and squat with your kid because he's got bad knees or something i mean mm -hmm. you know I, I do think that there's a relief that's possible in a non-addictive and you know non-intoxicating way that's that's pretty special mm -hmm. um you know i think beyond that you know so so i use for you know things like pms or migraines you know i don't have like chronic conditions i think that i that I use medically for, but it is a part of my daily wellness routine. And I think, you know, we've got this plant that's so versatile and that's so smart and, you know, this, this amazing kind of um, co-evolution of the plant and our endocannabinoid systems that, you know, you can use the same thing and it can benefit you in different ways. So if I'm trying to, you know, achieve a, you know, a greater state of awareness in meditation, or if I'm, you know, just trying to relax after a, a super stressful day, or if I'm trying to cut out distraction and focus, um, all of those things are actually possible with cannabis. And I think that that's something that's just so phenomenal and that a lot of people don't understand that it's almost like, you know, it's like a smart drug, that it, it, it works with your endocannabinoid system to find and pinpoint those things that are needed, those, you know, those things that are out of balance. Um, and, you know, and of course that's aided by all of these innovations we have in terms of, you know, the ways that we can consume, whether that's, you know, vaping or edibles or transdermal patches or, you know, microdosing. So, I mean, I just think there's so much potential and there are so many ways that, um, that it can just be incorporated into your lifestyle that, that benefits you mm -hmm. and therefore necessarily benefit your kids, right? When I'm, you know, when I'm in my like full blown, like stressed out, multitasking, you know, working mom mode, I'm certainly not able to like, it's really hard to switch gears mm -hmm. and, you know, come down to my kid's level and get on her agenda and get off of mine. And, you know, honestly, cannabis is something that helps with that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have any advice for mothers who struggle with the stigma? surrounding oh yeah i mean i think i think that you know first of all i hear i hear actually a lot from moms um in prohibition states who who struggle with the stigma especially because you know not only are they struggling with stigma but they're struggling with access and they're struggling with the added layer of stigma because they're doing something that's illegal um and so my you know kind of my first advice is is find somebody to talk to because sometimes it's just sharing your story you know i mean even if it's email me i mean really i i, I get emails from strangers all the time and they're sometimes asking me for advice and sometimes asking questions but more often than not they're they're sharing their story and they mm -hmm. want to hear like yeah i've been there and and i have you know so i think that if you can find a way to articulate your story you know we we do know and this is maybe more information but the process of storytelling and, and trauma is, is really transformational. And so yes. if it's something like shame or stigma, 
you know, just reclaiming your story yes. um, and, mm-hmm. and, and sharing that, I think is so powerful. It and is. And if you can find a community of folks, right? Mm-hmm. Like not only to, to, to share your story, but to reflect it back at you, mm-hmm. um, you know, that really, I think is, you know, building those kinds of relationships and it's, and it's so hard in it places is. where it's illegal because you're kind of peeking over your shoulder and you're wondering like, what do they think about me? Mm-hmm. But you know, there, there are advocacy communities and, and, you know, almost everywhere now. And I feel like there are ways to plug in and, you know, and also like I'll plug people in, you know, people will email me from some Midwest state and they won't know anyone. And, you know, I'll kind of like search my network and, and say, reach out to this person, you know, she's, she's in a similar situation. And I, and I think like we do have technology that can help us with that these days, but, you know, it's, it's always worse when you feel like you're the only one, mm-hmm. you know, if you're the only one who's, who's struggling with this stigma, um, you know, I, I, I feel so isolating. And so my best advice is, is tell your story, claim your story, you know, know that you are making the best decisions that, that you can make for yourself and your family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, and, and even though it's hard, don't be, don't be dissuaded or swayed by, by that negativity, you know, because right. that, that hate is so misguided and, and just so misdirected right now. And, you know, nine times out of 10, when I call people out on that and just kind of ask them to get curious about their own, their own discomfort or their own um, anger that's coming up, and, you know, vis-a-vis me as a cannabis consuming mom, um, it's about them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, 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 it's not about me. No. <laughs> so, so that's also also a good thing to remember. Yes, too. and it's it's surprising. I mean, you know, we're both writers, and like it's I find the most surprising part about sharing very personal stories. I always think, oh, this has been told before. Who cares? <laughs> and then yeah. next thing yeah. I know, if it gets published, you know, and I have people reaching out to me, going, "Oh my god, this story really changed my week, or really changed the way I thought about something," and I'm just like, "Wow, that's." amazing i can't even imagine that that had that much power you know so yes exactly oh yeah no i know exactly what you mean and it's it's like we we think that because these are things that we're seeing in the everyday that they're played out or like it's info that everyone knows and that's just not true there are so many people who need this education mm-hmm. still and you know and will continue to be i mean yep. we're, there's decades of misinformation that we're combating and Absolutely. and especially those of us who you know who have a platform as writers or as storytellers it's like yeah it's, it's pretty it's pretty amazing mm-hmm. but you know, the, the connection people feel when yes. you can kind of just give them that space yeah yes absolutely um so do you have a specific call to action or anything to promote um well gosh right now you have, you have a giveaway book, right? going on what's that i know you have that children's book yes we do we are um we're actually talking to some publishers. We thought we were going to self-publish it, but the delay has been that we've had some interest from publishers. Awesome. So we're, we are kind of trying to decide the direction to go in with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is still available for pre-order. And even though it's not out now when we thought it would be, that might be because it's going to be even better. So, cool. <laughs> so I, think, I think that's exciting. Um, we have a, right now we're doing a giveaway with this really cool, um, coloring book called the stoner babes coloring book by um created by an artist here in portland kind of a cool intersectional feminist oh yes um, that's awesome i looked and, at that yes oh sorry i didn't mean to cut you we'll off a, we're going to be giving away a, oh no not at all please it's really cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> and we're going to be giving away a staff logic secure storage system soon so we do have a couple of giveaways um but 
you know, just come to Swim and check it out would be my call to action. Mm-hmm. Subscribe to our newsletter because we've got great stuff, you know, great new content happening. And we are also going to have some great new contributors and new voices on the site, too. So mm. we're excited about that. That's exciting. All right. Well, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. It's always a pleasure talking to you, Jen. You're just amazing, and we love you. Well, thank you, Diana. (laughs) I always appreciate chatting with you, too. Thanks. (laughs) Our next guest is Ozzy Oskevila. Ozzy is the founder of Oove Lifestyle, a digital publication and lifestyle brand integrating cannabis into health and wellness. Stay up to date on all of Oove's upcoming launches and get their free Cannabis 101 e-guide by signing up on their website, www.oove.life. That's www.oov.life. So when you created Oove Lifestyle, did you hope to help other parents who consume cannabis? And if so, um, in what ways? Um, I didn't really create Oove. Like, I didn't have this huge vision when I first started. Um, It just kind of started as me talking about it and talking about my experience um, through social media with my community. And it kind of evolved into like the snowball effect, right? It turned into one thing and then another thing. And mm-hmm. um, the um, curiosity and um, just positive, like the support that I got from my community was so inspiring and like just kept motivated me to keep sharing. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess it's, um, impacted people in that way but yeah when I started it, it it wasn't nearly as like I didn't have in mind of what it is today right it just kind of organically became that way um exactly. in what ways does cannabis impact your parenting oh um cannabis definitely positively impacts my parenting um it's I'm just like more calm. I'm more focused with them. Um, I think everybody has a different experience of parenting, of course. Um, but like for me, I'm, I'm not really like the playful mom that will like get on the floor and play cars with my kids. Yeah. Um, I have a hard time doing that. Like I just have 50 things going through my head and like, I'm mm-hmm. thinking about what I can be doing next. And so when I consume cannabis, um, you know, when I'm parenting or when my children are around, um, I just get like, like a clear head. Like I know that they're here and I'm going to focus on them and give my full undivided attention. Like my playful side comes out a little, a little bit. So I think, I mean, for me, it's nothing but positive. Awesome. Generally speaking, what I hear most of the time, that's, um, a common, uh, people agree on that. So, <laughs> yeah, I can totally relate to that. Um, can you speak to the importance of educating children about the possibilities of this plant? Um, my kids are pretty young still. They're eight and four. My eight year old definitely is um, like interested in asking questions. And I think, you know, since we haven't gotten to like the teens yet, I'm still like learning myself. Mm-hmm. Um But how I envision it going is that we teach them it's a medicinal plant, just like every other medicinal plant and herb that we grow in our garden. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband grows many medicinal plants, not just cannabis. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're just going to go about it that way. And, 
you know, be really open. We're open with them about everything. Um, we try to be honest, you know, within their understanding um, and kind of develop it from there. So that's how I see it going. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you have any advice for women who want to be open about their use but are afraid? Um, I think that is a tough question because obviously it depends on where you live mm -hmm. um, and the laws in your, you know, your state. So um, not everybody can be open about it, which is unfortunate. Um, and not everybody's comfortable yet. I mean, there's still a stigma attached to it. I, I feel grateful and blessed to be living in an area, a pretty progressive area. Um, I've never had anybody say anything negative to my face anyways. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that is something that will come over time as um, laws change in different states. And uh, for me, I think like being open about it is a, a way to normalize it. Mm -hmm. um, just a regular mom with two kids and, um, you know, you can consume cannabis without getting high or having any kind of um, those types of effects. So, you know, it's a matter about, of education and um, for the few of us that are uh, open to being out there, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think it creates a relatable image and yeah. that's what we are trying to do at, at Oove. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just going to say going to your website is a great start, I think, because you have a lot of uh, people's stories being shared on there. Yeah. And, um, and to that, to that effect, uh, do you have a specific call to action or anything to promote? Because I know you have a lot going on with Oove right now. Yeah, we always have a lot going on, but um, the next six months uh, in particular are going to be big. We have a few launches coming up, um, which I'll share in the coming weeks. But I think for right now, just going to the website and subscribing to our newsletter is probably the best thing um, to stay current and see what's happening. And we're just like super excited about what's coming. That's great. And I really appreciate yeah. you taking your time with us again today, Ozzy. It's always a pleasure. Oh, anytime. <laughs> yeah, anytime. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you for giving us your time. I know you're busy. Our final guest is Maggie Wilson. Maggie's work with the world's first cannabis wedding event guide led her to continue her drive for cannabis education and become the first black female cannabis sommelier. As a certified metaphysical practitioner, Reiki facilitator, esoteric adept, and sound physics specialist recognized by the American Council of Holistic Healers, she spends her time actively educating on the proper use of metaphysics, frequency healing, and the benefits of cannabis through events, talks, and private sessions, and is available worldwide. Maggie, in your opinion, how can consuming non-psychoactive CBD lead to becoming a more present parent? I think it's as simple as drinking water. You know you need water to live and thrive and feel good and not feel bad, um, and you feel better when you have it. Mm -hmm. um, our bodies have this natural endocannabinoid system, which benefits from consuming CBD specifically. So it literally brings a balance to our bodies. Um, whenever your endocannabinoid system is in balance, you're more present and you're more patient. Uh, you just feel more in tune. Uh, so I feel... Um, that it's, it's, it's basically like, you know, you need water. You don't really, we know we need CBD. Um, 
And it's just, it's, it's kind of that simple. It's like, just, just take it. It's not bad. It's like water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you literally have a system that benefits from it. Um, so I definitely think that it's good to consume it. Awesome. Um, what does it mean to consciously consume cannabis and in what ways can that help you connect to your child? For me to consciously consume cannabis personally means to have an intention when using the plant. Um, when you're hungry, you eat. <laughs> um, you may eat without purpose, which we, we all do, like especially when we're stoned. Um, <laughs> but something drives you to eat, like a conscious need to feel full, to feel fuel. Um, so I feel the fuel to consume cannabis uh, is to connect with the consciousness of that plant with the intention to deepen my own awareness of everything that's going on around me. Because I feel if I can understand if I can understand that, then I can be an example for my children who are already driven by this pure creative like source energy that they just haven't turned they haven't had turned down all the way yet. They haven't been structured into thinking like, oh, this has to be, you know, this way or that way. They just go on pure joy and are like, whatever. Um, <laughs> so I feel like when I use cannabis that it definitely helps me be more, you know, in flow of life instead of resisting and trying to make everything a certain way. That's amazing. I love, I love that description <laughs> you just had of your children. That's so awesome. Um, <laughs> especially your children, I'm sure. They're totally going with All right. I love it. Um, can you walk us through one of your mothering sessions? What is typically included? So absolutely. So these are one of the most favorite things I offer because it was something for me that I did for myself. And I was just like, oh, I just want to do this for every mother. I felt so empowered at my birth. Like literally the last words I spoke before my child was out was I can do this. Mm -hmm. I was like, whatever, I can do this. A mothering session is like uh, it's like a rite of passage ceremony. Uh, we don't really do these in modern culture anymore, but in indigenous culture, it was a huge celebration when you got your first moon time. It was like a coming of age, like a rite of passage ceremony. So I bring that kind of foundational approach um, with an immersive experience, which includes sound healing and Reiki um, and CBD products. Um, depending on what stage you're in, uh, depends on how we kind of like what what products I would incorporate. In So if you're really just like, you know, five or six months in and your stomach's really starting to stretch out, like we would use the CBD products and I would give you certain CBD products to recommend to use to nurture your skin and nurture your growing body. Um, If you're nine months along and you're like your body's already, you know, coming into what it's transitioning into being. I would give you other products that you could use to do perineum massage, like a CBD lubricant that you can use to massage your perineum that helps you um, whenever your child is coming out, it helps Mm -hmm. to just like flow and open and be more um, relaxed. Um, So um, birth doesn't have to really, birth doesn't have to carry fear. Um, And we are literally, we're literally made to give birth. Like we, we've been doing it forever. Like Mm -hmm. that's what we're made to do. We're, we're so made to do it. Like, uh, we're so made to do it. And I want women to feel like that they so can do this. Um, and we fucking rock at it. Like we're badasses at it. Like Cardi B right now, she's twerking all over the place. I know. (laughs) Oh my God. I love her. She's so funny. (laughs) Like, right. And like Beyonce does the same thing. Like you, 
you can do anything when you're pregnant. Serena. You really can. You just have to tell yourself. <laughs> yes, Serena, come on, right? So oh, each mother carries like this. Um, each mother carries. I don't like to say that we all carry baggage, but each of us do carry this ancestral lineage and trauma, energetic cellular trauma, um, which can manifest in so many different ways and subconsciously that we don't even really know. So through the mothering sessions, I like to bring light to these situations. And it's a lot of like mother work, which, you know, it's mother work. Like you're coming into being a mom. How's your relationship with your mom? You're like, Oh God, here we go. You know, it's a foundational relationship in our lives that prepares us to be or not to be, you know, to be a mother in, in any sense of the word, whether it's to bear children or to, you know, bear the life of your friends or your, your animals. Like we're all mothers to, to everyone. We're women. We mother everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, um, and with all this obstetric, I like to, obstetric, like yeah. violence I've heard about, sorry, I didn't mean to catch you off. I just read something recently. Um, I think it was on broadly that there's, uh, there's a lot of cases of obstetric violence and trauma. And so mm-hmm. um, all across the country, so I think like having something like this to kind of help you get into that mind frame and, and protect you in a lot of ways is so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, in the 30s, they used to do something called twilight sleep. Oh, yeah. They would knock your ass out mm-hmm. and just take your baby out of you. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine? That's our generation. That's our grandmother's generation of people. That's our mother's generation yeah. of of being brought into this energetic world, this dimension in a traumatic form and not a natural ancestral, like your body flows out type of form. Like, no, we're going to put you to sleep and take your child out type of thing. So energetically that whole generation that's energetically affected everyone till now, everyone, we were all affected from it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what the mothering session really is for me. I mean, I was adopted and I grew up like, I always felt like I knew I was adopted and my mother was, my doctor's mother was always very um, forth, forth, you know, forthright with me and loving and caring. And I was just like, how did you even tell me I was adopted? Because I felt like I knew since I was such, you know, such a young child. And um, for me, I was like, you know, becoming a mother and doing this transition, like this is a rite of passage. And whether like, no matter what happens, like that spirit has chosen you, you have chose that spirit, whether it comes earthside or it doesn't come earthside, like that spirit is still here to work with you Mm -hmm. in any way. So I feel like, motherhood and spiritualism literally just go hand in hand. And the fact that we have this plant that is such a mothering plant to work with. um, I definitely want women to know, like there's so much you can utilize from this plant to make your pregnancy as brilliant, you know, as, as great as you want it to be. Like it can be great. It can be so great. Like it can be amazing. Wow. Um, In what ways has this plant improved your ability to parent? I feel like cannabis has helped me develop an awareness of myself and my own patterns that I picked up from my parents and my grandparents, like specifically the whole ancestral trauma thing. I feel super connected to my children um, in more of an energetic space when I use cannabis. I don't feel like I'm working on autopilot. Um, I feel like I'm working from a place of like, oh, I get this. I get why you're acting like that. Not like, why are you acting like that? Like, it's not like you're doing something to me. It's like, oh, I see why you're behaving like that because I'm literally vibrating higher than being at a place of like stress and worry and fear. Like I 
I understand. I understand. It helps me understand. Yes. It helps me understand my children better. Um, it, it takes me outside of myself, like above or to my higher self. I like to say it takes me to my higher self, like <laughs> literally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it slows you down. I think it takes you outside. I mean, I say outside of yourself, but I think I mean just like removing yourself from the situation from a, from a different yeah. view, you know? And going, Absolutely. looking at it in a different way, which you wouldn't be able to do before, you know? Um, right. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, do you have any advice for mothers who struggle with the stigma surrounding cannabis? My advice is to read, just read and be as educated as you can about the benefits of cannabis on all spectrums. Learn and understand what the endocannabinoid system is and understand that it's a system in our bodies that we benefit from using this plant. Um, if it was like a system that was made to benefit from the, you know, uh, genetic makeup of lavender, we wouldn't demonize lavender. Like, <laughs> we're going to look back on this time. Um, basically, you know, the more informed you are, the more you can help empower other women. And the more informed you are, the more you're aware. And the more you're shifting this paradigm for the next seven generations, for even, you know, for the next two generations that when our children's children grow up, we can keep this reefer madness conversation out. And it, you know, it'll be a distant memory and they'll be like one day for like a hundred years, nobody <laughs> smoked weed. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then randomly they all just stopped smoking weed for like a hundred years. We don't know what happened, but you know, they, they started again. It took slow process, but then everybody starts smoking weed again and growing right. weed and, you know, using hemp and it, you know, so. <laughs> I can only hope. I mean, I really hope that's the way we go. I mean, <laughs> it seems like we are. It's, it's happening pretty quickly. Right. Think, but, um, you know, you see these, <laughs> these naysayers out there and like, um, yeah. even speaking with the pregnancy part of it, like I've been reading a lot lately about that and um, I see like little, you know, side notes saying, well, you know, studies say this and that and it can cause cleft palates and things like that. And it's like, what studies? <laughs> You're not even sourcing. Yeah, what's the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and people look at that like, and go, sure. oh, no, oh, no, you know, it's like, well, yeah, let, let's look at the big picture here, people. Come on now. Yeah, it's, it's a exactly. Plant. It's a exactly. Plant. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Um, anyway, so um, do you have any uh, specific calls to action or anything to promote or or do you want to talk about how someone can get one of your mothering sessions? Absolutely. Um, I, uh, I am available for services. Um, I live in Colorado, but I travel all over. Um, I'm available for sessions over Skype, and I just released like a travel client book that's on my website, um, thestonehousewife.net. Um, you can also find me on my Instagram where everything is just like in the link in the bio. <laughs> um, and that's Maggie Mae Wilson. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, I also would love to promote any any mother, any ganja goddess that is out there that would listen to this and wants to have a retreat and spend time and love themselves. I highly recommend coming to the Ganja Goddess Getaway. I've been doing the Green Lodge at this re women's retreat. It's an all-inclusive cannabis women's retreat that happens in California, and they'll be in Oregon in July. Um, oh, there's that's five the, more, that's I the think Ganja Goddess one, or is that your Green Yeah, Lodge? the Ganja uh, that's the Ganja Goddess Getaway, um, and I'm a contributor, so I've come to the retreat and brought my ceremony there uh, for the past two times that they've done it in California, um, and I'll so be coming bad. back. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, 
July and there's uh, there'll be an organ in July and uh, the rest of the tour dates are on ganjagoddessgetaway.com but we absolutely love our tribe of wonderful powerful empowered women to grow Um, and that's what it is is, you know we're here to we're here to love you and we're here to support you and we want all of you like (laughs) that's awesome I I hope to go to one of these someday I've been following it since the beginning and I I just love what they're doing yes it's so amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love what you're doing. I didn't even know you were involved. It yes. makes perfect sense. I though. know, yeah. <laughs> Funny story that the founder of the Gondry Goddess Getaway reached out to me months before like I knew who she was I knew who she was um and she reached out to me and was like I love you I love what you're doing please like let's be friends and we are and it's wonderful like I was like I love what you're doing (laughs) wow that is so cool I love hearing stories like that right oh wow and I I love having you on here you're amazing and uh I hope that people thank you tap into your resources because they're they're so invaluable and um what you're doing is so absolutely valuable. thank you so much maggie thank you thank you next up is our segment beauty with barb featuring our resident licensed esthetician who explores all things hemp and beauty related today's beauty with barb will be talking about baked at home's ultra strength pain cream and their hemp infused green tea healing salve hi This is Barb Sender, resident esthetician for your highness. Today we're going to talk about Baked at Home's wonderful skincare products. First, we have the Green Tea Healing Solve. Green tea is great for the skin because it works so well to heal any inflammation. It also has olive oil, hemp oil, and coconut oil. These three ingredients are good for anti-aging, hydration, protein, and helps with eczema. Next, we have the Ultra Strength Pain Cream, which is surprisingly great for acne as well. So not only does it help with intense joint pain and inflammation, it can clear up blemishes and any incoming. You can find these products at www.jennysbakedathome.com. And you can find me at Beauty with Barb on Instagram. If you have any beauty products you would like to have reviewed in the future, please reach out over Instagram. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to Your Highness Podcast. If you would like to be featured in a future episode or would like to inquire about possible sponsorship, Email your highness podcast at gmail.com. That's your highness podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at highness podcast. That's at highness podcast. Thanks again.